1: Maureen,
2: are you okay? Yeah. Why? It's a lot of movement. Oh, no, I was
0: just laughing, sorry, inwardly. Inwardly.
2: (laughs) You were laughing inwardly. It sounded like you were
0: doing your admin. (laughs) Oh, there we go. There's the outward laugh. There we go. She's back.
2: Welcome to Women Talking bollocks. A podcast where you'll hear, well, three women talking utterly bollocks. What you won't hear is anyone nattering on about fashion, makeup, diets, or those blinking Kardashians. I'm not even sure I know who they are, if I'm honest. But what you will hear is some uplifting, irreverent chat with myself, Jen Brister, and my two very dear friends, comedians and women, the very wonderful, if slightly eccentric Maureen Younger, and the
0: dashing Kai charisma bomb that is Alison June Smith uh, we would just like to take a quick moment to say thank you to our new patrons this week Alice and Sean thank you so much for joining us thank you we love you thank you so
2: Maureen has been with me for the last few days and uh, I took her to the beach and yes I put Factor 50 on Maureen and yes Maureen put Factor 50 on On me? But what happened, Maureen?
3: Well, I kind of put my hand in sand before
2: I applied the lotion. (laughs) Yeah, I put cream on Maureen's hand and then Maureen went, oh, hang on a second, put her hand down in the sand and then went to apply it onto my back. And uh, I said, oh, right, okay, what are you doing, Maureen? Oh, so you forget when I left Jen's house, I left the house with my really long skirt in my knickers, which fortunately Jen noticed, so I didn't. Yeah, Maureen left the house, turned around, her dress was tucked into her knickers. I thought, should I tell her? And I thought,
0: no. yeah, I let her tell her. <laughs> no, I never tell her. <laughs> uh, so we
2: had exfoliation gate and knickers in dress gate, or dress in knickers gate rather. And then the classic, Maureen turns up, I said to Maureen, did you bring your swimsuit? She went, I brought, I brought three. I said, oh, okay, great. She said, but none of them fit. <laughs> I, th- I said, right, okay. But She went, well, they did fit. They don't fit anymore. I said, okay, well, could could you at least try to see if you can get into them? Otherwise, we need to go and buy you a swimsuit. Anyway, Maureen gets into one and she's like, I've got in. It's fine. Nobody panic. Let's go to the beach. So we go to the beach. We get there. And then Maureen says to me, I'm a bit worried that if I get in the water, this isn't going to stay on. <laughs> I said, okay. Because it was a two piece, not a one piece. I said, Oh right, okay. She said, So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna wear this sarong. And I thought what Maureen was going to do was gonna wear the sarong until she got to the sea and then take the sarong off, you know, like a normal person. Like they're designed, yeah. Yeah, like a sarong is designed. Thank you, Alison. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so we get we get to the water. I said, Bonnie, well, we're gonna get in the sea now. You're gonna take your sarong off. She went, No. I'm going to keep it on just in case my swimsuit comes off. And I thought, well, that's not going to help you, wearing a sarong in the sea. I said, it's not going to work in the sea. She went, no, 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 I want to keep it on. And I know better. I said, okay, fine. We get in the water. Finally, we get in the water because Maureen hasn't got any beach shoes, so it's a bit painful for both of us for different reasons. (laughs) (laughs) Like hanging on to her like a flipping up elderly woman. She finally gets in the water. She looks visibly angry and shocked all in one. And She said, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. It was cold. It was cold, but not actually that cold. Anyway, we'll skip past that to the point where Maureen (laughs) finally settles down. She's in the water with her swimsuit and her sarong on, as you do. And then obviously she said, oh, the sarong's come off. I was like, no shit, Sherlock. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I said, okay, listen, give me the sarong. I'll swim back to shore and I'll put it with our stuff. But then Maureen, in taking the sarong off, wrapped the sarong around her arm. (laughs) She handed me her entire arm wrapped in sarong and went, okay, here you go. And I was like, okay. So I went to grab the sarong, but because it was tangled around her arm, I couldn't get the bloody sarong off her arm. So we both almost drowned. So at this point, I wasn't even worried about whether Maureen was afloat. I just wanted to get the sarong off her arm. <laughs> Maureen's flailing around, nearly drowning, like, get this fucking sarong off your arm! <laughs> oh, God. I mean, anyone else would just go for a swim, wouldn't they? No, not Maureen. <laughs> Any hey-ho. You did enjoy it, though, didn't you, Maureen? I did actually enjoy it. And then we had an ice cream afterwards, which I enjoyed even more. Yeah, that was the only way to bribe Maureen, actually.
0: I said to Danny yesterday, I was like, oh, the girls are at the beach. I'm so jealous. And I said to him, I go, actually... I think the next time I have the opportunity to swim, I will probably start to cry out of joy. I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, they're probably in the water right now, floating. Oh, they're probably, oh, some water's gotten in their mouth. Oh, God, it's all a part of the journey. Oh, I was jealous, guys. So I'm glad you went in the water, Maureen, and I'm glad you enjoyed it.
2: She did enjoy it, and she even said the next day, I'd like to do it again, didn't you, Maureen? Not
0: the sarong. Been banned from the sarong.
2: Yeah, weirdly, I have banned the sarong, actually. I burnt it, okay? There is no sarong. <laughs> Excess material in water, Maureen, is never a bonus. <laughs> the only time people wear clothes in the water, right, okay, is if they're doing a flipping life-saving uh, <laughs> exercise where they go, this person is drowning and they're wearing all of their clothes. Can you save them? You note, Maureen, that I was less concerned in saving you and more concerned with the sarong. So I wouldn't have passed that particular exam. <laughs> I wouldn't change a thing, Maureen. I would have still have gone into the sarong rather
0: than you. I think what we should do is shop for a skirt bathing suit for you, Maureen. You know, those cute little bathing suits with a little skirt.
3: I do go for a skirt one because, you know, as you know, I don't shave down below, so it covers the hair. Yeah,
2: except when there's a bit of wind, eh, Maureen?
3: Uh-huh. Then teenagers don't know what they're looking at. But, yeah, that's what I do. I always, uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they think we have smuggled in a small animal. But I just, um, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> The other thing I should point out is that Chloe and Jen have
0: redecorated their house, but I failed to notice. Oh, my God, Maureen. I would have noticed every detail. I would have been like, Chloe, did you do this? Look at this new shelf. Did you paint this? Oh, my God, I love the way you sanded this edge. It's
2: more obvious than that, Alison. It's not even the sanding of an edge. There are two walls <laughs> that have wallpaper on them of a, an orange tiger on a big pink background in front of green leaves. And the other one is black and white stripes on the opposing wall. I said to Maureen, notice anything? No. I was like, oh, God. I said, with the wallpaper, she went, oh, I didn't notice that. Did She didn't say that in front of Chloe, did she? She didn't yeah. say that in front of Chloe. Yeah, she, she did. did. Maureen. And she goes, I can't remember what it was before. I said the walls were white before. <gasps> they were just white. And now they have tigers on them, actual tigers on the wall. We've gone from a white wall to tigers on the wall. And Maureen didn't notice. But Alison, I just want to say
3: it's those sharp observational skills which makes me such a good comedian. As an observational comedian, that's what
2: we go to you for all of that, the the detail. (laughs) Alison, I want you to come to Brighton. I'll take you swimming, and then you can notice the wallpaper. I will put a bottle of Prosecco in the fridge, okay? Yeah. (laughs) I'll make some food that has flavor. You'll
0: enjoy it. You'll notice the wallpaper. We'll sit in the garden. We'll have a lovely time. Oh, God, guys. Well, I'm exceptionally jealous, but I am so glad you girls had time together. I think time together is the key right now because my week, I was saying to you girls, Thank <laughs> you. So this week was a week full of friends, which was fantastic. I went, we had a birthday, like pub crawl in Manchester. Well, not really a pub crawl. There was four of us. We went to different places. The reason why it's a pub crawl, I'll tell you this, is because we tried to go out in Manchester and I failed to realize because everything's still social distancing. Everything is booked up way in advance, even if you want to go somewhere for a drink. So it was so funny because everyone's so annoyed because they're like, we can't get in anywhere. But every time we went to a place and they're like, sorry, we're full up. This was me. Well, well done. I'm glad that you're following the <laughs> rules and you are only allowed so many people in no problem have a great day like I just everyone else is furious and I was like I think you're doing a really good job and thank you so much for your social distancing <laughs> relentlessly positive Alison I love it I was <laughs> Well done i'm so proud of you all bouncers were like i don't know what her problem is i literally had bouncers though that were obviously not used to a north american being so positive positive. one guy was like let me see if i could help you find a place he called a couple places for me i was like thanks buddy i appreciate that but we ended up at wagamama so you know that's uh happy birthday <laughs> look i know waggers i mean if you're gonna choose to have like a special
2: night out you wouldn't choose waggers but there are worse places you could have ended up in, isn't there? At least you know you can get a decent glass of wine, some nice food, and you can have exactly what globalization provides. Yeah.
0: <laughs> a standardized okay a time. A standardized
2: okay time, which you can then build on to almost have a good time, can't you? Because with your yes. friends and with you, your personality,
0: Alison you can make it great you know out of weathers can't you I wouldn't go there but anyway yes yes I could yes I could Jen my favorite moment of the night though I just have to tell you this story real quick because this is the best thing I've ever seen on a night out it was 8 30 p.m. we were beside a las iguanas so you know there's tons of like 18 year olds getting wasted off of like three for one cocktails anyway so this girl like imagine blonde 18 probably her birthday is what I'm assuming so drunk her friends were carrying her out of the bar okay head down. Down, like feet hardly working imagining this a Range Rover pulls up a guy gets out looks like an older man I'm assuming her dad so obviously what has gone on is her friends have gone she's out of control called her dad her dad has come to get her we're all watching this at the Wagamamas okay there's like four tables of people outside watching this the girl gets put into the car we're like oh she's gonna puke she's gonna puke everyone at the tables like uh-huh uh, uh, doesn't puke Dad comes around again to the driver's seat. This is the best part ever. Before he gets into the driver's seat, goes to the back seat, takes out the puke bowl that he has packed in the car. Oh, my Takes God. it out and then puts it in the front. All four tables on the patio at Wagamamas. We were like, yes, <laughs> number one, Dad. I was like, that. Just made my night. Like watching, I was like, this dad's done this before. Like he is. Like she's not ruining the interior of the Range Rover this Saturday. I was so impressed. It sounds
2: to me like he's probably got more than one kid as well. Uh, And it's like, they're all like this. They
0: go out, they don't know what they're. uh... Tolerance levels are. It was brilliant. I was like, you're a great dad. But just watching everyone applaud him, I was like, and he turned around and gave us like the thumbs up. I was like, I love you, buddy. Yeah, it was great. That's a classic night out in Manchester. Well, actually, that's a classic night out anywhere,
2: isn't it? I mean, it's a classic night out in Brighton. You know, when they'd said, oh, that you had to have like a scotch egg with every meal and uh, the pubs will close at 10, people just got absolutely arsehole at 8. <laughs> 10 o'clock became 1 o'clock in the morning. So at 10 o'clock in the evening, as you walk through Brighton, you're like, I'm sorry. Is it like 3 a.m.? Because people look completely battered. That's what we do in this country. We just go, oh, things are shut at 10. I'll start drinking at 3. You know, that's what we do. I've got to get a, I've got to get a solid five hours in. Ah, oh, thank you. I'm glad you had a good time, Alison. That is the main thing. Look, I know things haven't opened up yet and uh, we've been put back a month. I personally am fine with that. There's been ripples of disappointment and I think, come on. Ultimately... You can still go to the pub. (laughs) You can still do what you're doing. You just can't do it with like, you know, 300 people with coronavirus. I'm okay with it. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, me too. That's exactly it.
0: Like, come on.
2: The gig I did yesterday, there was a few people like, We just feel really sad about the fact that uh, things haven't been put. But I was just like, listen, that's because you live in a six-bedroom house in Cobham, love. You know, the rest of us, the priority isn't going to the Maldives this summer. The priority is just just trying to stay alive and keep our jobs. So I'm actually a okay with it. And you can still sit outside with your mates in a pub anyway, can't you? Come on, chill out. Absolutely. Well, listen, we've had a great week. Maureen has probably had the best time of her life, I think, probably ever. I mean, this last couple of days may even beat Vienna. Maureen, what's you saying?
3: <laughs> yeah, it's on the level. It's on that level. It's on that level, J.
2: <laughs> and on that note, I think it's time to go and find out what your Bible Maureen moment is.
3: I'm gonna close my internet. Don't close my internet, <laughs> Maureen.
2: <laughs> I met my email. Maureen switches it off at the wall. I haven't put any makeup on. Oh for fuck's sake, Maureen, it's a podcast. Get a grip. <laughs> we might have to push your boundaries out a bit, okay? <laughs>
3: Well, this Be More, More in moment, I didn't realise it was a Be More, More in moment until I mentioned it to Jen and she went, oh, yeah, that's a Be More, More in moment. Um... So what happens is, uh, Alison, I don't, I find it very hard to find men I'm attracted to. Years ago, I had this guy, as soon as I met him, I was like, oh, yes, um, he was Austrian. Surprise, surprise. Uh, very funny, very witty, very intelligent, very good looking. And we've been on a couple of dates. I met him in Vienna. He came to London. We've been on a couple of dates. I was going off a romantic weekend. And all I did was talk about him, Jen, wasn't it?
2: Oh, listen, I just need to create a little bit of perspective about this because Maureen goes straight in for the beam More Maureen. Maureen. I did did talk about him a little bit. Are you joking? It's literally all we talked about was this bloke. We talked about this bloke for, I don't know, at least nine months. Okay. This, this guy, this, this guy, that, this guy, the other. In the end, I was like thinking, this guy sounds like a bit of a bellend, but okay, you like him. Let's, let's see what happens. Finally, Maureen is going to meet him. Not that she hasn't met him before. Of course she has. That's why she likes him. But she hasn't seen him for ages. So she's going to meet him. Obviously, where's she going? Vienna. That, I think I'm sure that goes without saying. So she's very, very excited. All right. I don't think Maureen has, has really emphasized how excited she is to see this guy.
3: I wanted to see him earlier. But you know what it's like? As a comic, my weekends are all booked up. So I had this week, I had to wait two months, but I had a weekend free. So I was like, right going off to Vienna. And I hadn't told Jen. The thing is, I couldn't remember what he looked like. So I was like, oh God, what am I going to do? But he doesn't do social media. So luckily there was a photo on his work website. So I downloaded the photo and I thought, you know what, I'll look at that before I go through, you know, before the security doors open, I'll look at that before I go in because it look a bit rude if I've got my phone in my hand and I'm comparing faces to a photo on my phone. So I looked at it. It's just before I went through security, so I knew what he looked like. And then, as, as I went through security, I wasn't—I couldn't really remember again. But I didn't want to get my phone out, so I thought, well, you know what? I'll just walk towards the guy who's got dark hair, who's quite tall, good-looking, and smiling at me. So I did, and luckily it was him. So it worked out well in the
2: end. No, I—I I just this is really not the point, Maureen. This is not the beam or Maureen. <laughs> oh, and then I just looked at my phone. The point is is that Maureen was obsessed with this man. And then she got to the airport and she was like, I cannot remember what this man looks like. The man that she has been talking about for nine months. She's been like, I can't, he's so good looking, Jen. We have this much in common. He's so sexy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, I don't doubt that, Maureen. But you still didn't know what he looked like when you got to the airport to meet him. And this is the be more Maureen moment. I need, I'm i going to have to do it, Maureen, because you haven't done it. The be more Maureen moment was this. She said to me, and this is the thing that Maureen said to me. She said, I couldn't remember what he looked like, she said. So I looked at my phone and I thought I've got a photo of him. I think this is what he looks like. And then I looked at it. None of the men that were there looked like that. And then she said, I know he's got dark hair. A bloke with dark hair smiled at her. She thought, this must be him. Okay, so that is the Be More Maureen moment. And it was him. But the point is, it could have been any bloke could have smiled at Maureen. She'd have gone, I guess this is the guy I'm in love with. Is this, is it, am
0: I fucking hell. Well, at least we know Maureen isn't superficial. at, we, at least we know she was, uh, you know, thinking about this dude for more than just his looks because she couldn't remember what the fuck he looked like. So well done, Maureen. <laughs> at least we know you genuinely were into a person for who they were. I'm gonna give you that. Oh, oh, God. Thank you, Alison. I thought it was, I took a very practical approach.
2: Didn't know what he looked like, so I, I downloaded the photo. Right. I mean, I would I would really worry if the person I was going to meet for a romantic weekend and I didn't actually know what they looked like. That would be alarm (laughs) bells to me, but not to you, Maureen. Fine, okay, sure, sure, yep, 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 yep. Well, Maureen, as always, an absolute bloody classic. I think that is probably one of your best ones of the year.
0: I think so too. She's like, I don't see what's so odd about it. But I'm like, no, oh, that's a pretty good one.
2: Because sometimes bad. Maureen is aware of her being more Maureens. At this one, she was like, she even said to me, I don't understand what's weird about that. I went, I don't even know where to begin about how weird that is. Okay. Anyway, thank you, Maureen. Uh, that has been enlightening as to why you are still single.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Let's head over now for a little bit more common sense. Thank goodness, because it's time. <laughs> To Oz Callison.
0: go to the gym get it together pay your taxes and stop eating chips take my advice take my advice because i ain't using it
3: no.
1: no 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 no
0: take my advice i ain't using it Well, listen, first off, I just want to say to everyone who's listening, thank you. People have started to send in more stuff for me to look into, and I am excited exceptionally grateful. And uh, please keep it coming. People directly messaged me. I think that made it a lot easier. So people, please feel free to find me on on Twitter or Insta or any of that jazz, if that's easier, because I, I, yeah, I, I loved getting these. So the one I chose this week, which I think we can all relate to, because at this time in the UK, we have been told for another four weeks, we will be uh, social distancing, which we have you know, just discuss that it's not that bad. Uh, So some people will still be working from home. Some people will still be in the same environments they've been in. So this problem I really like, so we're going to do it this week. Um, My problem is working from home motivation. I am struggling. I want to do a good job and be diligent, but I'm just so distracted and find myself watching friends when I should be working. (laughs) I love my job, but how do you get back to focusing and being more productive? Help. All right, guys, well, this is a very relatable problem. I think we can all relate to this. But one thing that I read that I thought was really interesting when I was looking into this it said, Giving advice can be an effective way to overcome motivational deficits so I just want to say thank you person who wrote in because you are helping me with my motivational deficit so thank you very much you're helping me with my problem by sharing your problem ways to get more motivated I wanted to start it off a little bit different because I know people are like oh yeah great some of the things you'll list I've done so I thought I'm gonna hit it health wise let's talk right away about some things that you can do to get some motivation going Number one, you want to get dopamine going in your system, everyone, because dopamine creates feelings of pleasures and reward, which motivates you to repeat specific behaviors. Oh, how can you get some dopamine in your system? Well, number one, eat more protein. I don't care what kind of protein substance it is, get more protein in there. More protein in your diet gives you more dopamine. I did not know that. Cut back on your saturated fats. I know it's hard, but do what you can. And then the third thing, guys, I preach this all the time. Take some probiotics. Gut health equals mental health, just so you know, everyone. I'm a big advocate of probiotics. So these are some actual eating things that you can do that will help how's that that's different starting it off on a different kind of way some things that you can do here's a list of things that I thought were good uh, some people say dress for work right now I'm not a big fan of this I kind of like working in my pajamas but some people find they want to get into daytime clothes that might help you feel a little bit more motivated taken on the day uh, stick to routines in the morning. The most successful people in the world do the same routines every morning. Whether it's, you know, meditate for one moment, have a coffee, stare at a wall, have a coffee. Mm, see how they all come back to coffee? That's my world. Have a coffee. Um, so same same kind of routines. If you get yourself doing the same things every morning, that's a, a nice way to get your brain ready for the day. Create the right workspace. Everyone we know this. We've been working from home, but more than just creating a nice little workspace declutter it everyone get the shit out of your way and also a big thing I want to say I'm talking digital decluttering too I want you to look at that computer that desktop and I want you to tidy that shit up everyone because that is slowing you down as well so you want to declutter your environment where you're working distractions Oof. okay this is the big one you want to avoid doing non-work tasks during work okay easily said not so easily done I find the best way to do that is if you kind of pre-plan your weekly schedule. All right, on a Sunday, I like to sit down. I do a little look at the week. Then, once you kind of pre-plan your week and have an idea, you can share that calendar with coworkers and your family so people know when it is that you're, like, in office. So maybe you're, you know, you if you break down your week a little bit, then you can share that with your coworkers and family. And I just really feel that everyone is on board, right? No one's going to bump in on you. And I thought about this because particularly, Jen, I thought about your lovely home if you have an office space everyone I think you should get a do not disturb sign on the office door or or I was thinking about this you could have like you know recording in session uh, brainstorming working I don't know but some sort of office sign that it, it actually kind of uh, mentally prepares you when you turn that sign over you're like okay I'm going into the office space now so I kind of like that I liked that idea the more People plan in advance the less you are to be distracted by energy draining decisions okay and I know people are like don't tell me to pre-plan my week but I'm telling you if you go into your week kind of knowing what you're gonna eat maybe what the week looks like you just clear up your brain you're not having to think about what the fuck am I gonna eat for dinner on Tuesday you already know you got chicken on the go like it's just it's a lot easier that way so I'm, I'm a big fan of it also then break your days into blocks of time, all right? And when you go into blocks of time, go into smaller blocks of time, all right? Give yourself small work time periods so then you can give yourselves a lot of breaks. But also the beauty of doing smaller work time periods, think of it this way. It's easier to think about tackling one invoice in 15 minutes if you go, I'm gonna give myself 15 minutes to do this invoice rather than going, I'm gonna do 50 invoices by noon. It just makes it a little bit easier to accomplish and then take a break accomplish take a break which is essential because breaks are just as important as working everyone so plan your breaks also on your breaks try to do something outside get some fresh air we all know this helps but it truly truly does I am NOT a fan of multitasking everyone so get multitasking out of your head but If you can combine some things let's say you have to do a work call can you walk while you're work calling think about things like that not multitasking but combining things tasks if you're looking at your day and you're going you've got the you know the one task that you think is going to be really energy draining I break my tasks down daily into neutral which means something that is not going to give me energy it's not going to drain me a draining thing or an energizing activity I hit my draining thing out of the, right away. I try to get the biggest awful task done immediately so I feel a bit more ready for the rest of the day. That's just me, but I, I, that's how I like to go about doing things. 10-minute rule. This is a lovely thing that I think can help with motivation. If you've got a task you don't want to do, just get into it. Give yourself 10 minutes. At the 10-minute mark, stop and then just see where you're at. Sometimes people feel they're just so overwhelmed that they're like, once I get into this task, oh my God, I'm not gonna be able to get out. 10 minute, 10 minute rule. Go 10 minutes into the hard task, then give yourself a stop break. Use the power of music. Hey, make a work playlist. I'm a big fan of that. I also like music without words when I'm working. That's just me. I don't need to hear about Beyonce shaking her booty. That is more for when I'm walking. And then a couple other things, be inspired by others. If you've got a positive friend, Give them a call sometimes we need a little dose of positivity gratitude guys i talk about it every week please gratitude making gratitude lists does improve your motivation i cannot stress this enough please get in the habit of writing three things you're grateful for a day it it is scientifically proven to help with your motivation and positive thinking oh oh and the last thing oh no two last things make a dump list everyone so when you're getting into your day If things start to pop up in your head that you hadn't planned worrying about that day, what I like to do is have a little piece of paper beside me and I write it down on the piece of paper. So then I go, great, I'll deal with that later. I've put it on the to-do list. I'm not thinking about it now. A dump list is what I call it. It really helps. All of these things that I have just talked about, I like to recommend a journal called The Best Self uh, Journal, bestself.co.uk. Everything that I've talked about is within this one book. It's a 13 week journal. I cannot stress it enough. If you are having trouble with motivation and and that sort of thing, this journal has done a world of good for me. Those are some things that I think can help with your motivation while working at home.
2: Alison, actually think you may have excelled yourself today. All of that advice is amazing. And actually all of that, I was listening to that going, I I need to listen back to that because there's stuff in there that (laughs) I should definitely be doing. You're you're going, don't do this. I'm like, I totally do that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. We we just put so much stress on our brains that sometimes a little pre-plan, like just a before week plan just helps you. The before
2: week plan so that you kind of have a structure to your week, I think is amazing. But also I hadn't even thought about that. The amount of time I spent thinking, what am I going to have for dinner? That really, and not just for me, for the kids. If I just planned it, then I'd know, like Monday we're having this, Tuesday we're having that, Wednesday we're having that. These are all the kind of things that Chloe suggests all the time that I ignore. (laughs) And now that you've said it, it now makes more sense. Of course, having a bit of structure to your week makes so much sense
0: like what is it some of the smartest people in the world just wear the same outfit every day so they don't have to think about what they're going to wear like just little things where you can alleviate your brain uh using energy on unnecessary simple little things I yeah. mean I
2: feel like I'm already doing that but that's just because I don't have a lot of clothes yeah, <laughs> um, that was all brilliant I know Maureen very well and I know for a fact that she's and is already started to do some of those things.
3: Yeah, I, what I do now is I do fifteen minutes of a little dancing to eighty soul music. Awesome, awesome. Then go in the shower because normally I'd, I'd wait. I do it like I do. I'd read my book and have my breakfast, and you know, and then have, and sometimes I won't even bother having a shower. So I'll have a shower, and then this is get this, I spend fifteen minutes cleaning one of my rooms. And then I have my breakfast and read. and
0: But you have a sense of achievement by the time you sit down. Yes.
3: And it has made a difference, actually.
0: Oh, Maureen, that makes me so happy. You're doing all the things that, you know, you it just it puts you in a better headspace. That's so wonderful. Yeah, because by the time
3: you sit down, you've actually done something. Because, you know, I used to read and then have your breakfast and then you just... And I do some work and then it's just like, and sometimes I just never bother having a shower because you just think, you know, who cares? But uh, yeah, it's a, diff- a different way of doing it. So, because I'd always probably put off cleaning and doing some exercise. So I do it first thing and I got it out of the way. So it works really well.
0: So good, Maureen. And the cleaning, you're decluttering your brain while you're, de- you know, cleaning up your house. You are literally, that's what's happening mentally. So well done. I think the, the routine in the morning is really important because uh, I can waste uh, two,
2: three hours in the morning just going, oh, I'll just put the the washing out and I'll have a cup of coffee and I'll just listen to the radio or whatever and then it's like oh my god it's half past 10 or something And I think Jesus I haven't even done anything like that I need to do for myself so um anyway in short Alison I just wanted to say thank you for that I'm pretty sure people listening will have found a lot of that incredibly useful I've said it before I'm going to say again this may be one of the best podcasts out there if only for this five six minute section (laughs) (laughs) So called. Oh, yeah, I've got it. We've been talking bollocks. Yeah, okay. Is everyone happy with that?
1: <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank.
2: So, what have we all been watching on the television? Oh, okay. Well, I suggested,
3: my first night here, we were on Netflix. I said, oh, The Digs had good reviews. Now, I don't know where I picked this up. But anyway, in my head, it had good reviews. And so I suggested The Dig, and we watched it. And I have to say, Alison, it wasn't the greatest success. Was it, Jen?
2: Well, I don't know what the good reviews were about, actually. It has um, Rafe Fines and Carey Mulligan. And uh, both fantastic actors, as we know, Uh, their pedigree is not questioned at all. Even the fact that this movie did nothing for me, they're still fantastic. But essentially, if I'm going to like just kind of reduce the plot down, you know, simmer it down to its bullet points. The plot is there's a woman who has a big house. She's a widow. There are some mounds in her back garden. I say back garden. I mean, she's got acres and acres of land. She wants to know what's inside the mounds. She hires a guy. Who's very famous? Well, not very famous, but very well respected. Excavator, not archaeologist, because he doesn't have a degree. And he comes along, and he's like got an instinct about the soil, the land. He's anyway. Long story short, they dig up a, a, an Anglo-Saxon boat. Okay. The end. Okay, so that is <laughs> uh, that is the story in a nutshell. There's other stuff that happens. The the woman in it is is she's not well. That other people come and take over the dig so that he doesn't get the, uh, the, the the acclaim. Yeah, or or he doesn't get any of the recognition. Yes, or acclaim. That's right. That's essentially it. But ultimately, it's a man digs up a boat. No one recognises that he dug up the boat. The end. They try to put some other sort of subplots in there. Like there are some young people there and one of them seems to be married to a gay man. The widow's cousin is a young man and he's going to join the RAF and he falls for the young woman who's married to a gay man. Ken Stoss is in there being an obnoxious twat who works for the British Museum and so he takes over the whole dig and by that takes over and and gets all the glory but essentially a man digs up a boat so (laughs) it's two hours. Chloe tapped out like 15 minutes in. Listen there were bits in it where you're like oh something vaguely exciting's happened and now nothing's happening again maybe uh, some of our listeners are saying you're wrong actually Brister and uh, Younger this is one of the finest bits of British cinema ever I felt like I was on this dig live. Do you know what I mean? It was two hours long. Uh, these digs take a long time. And I was like, should I feel like I'm on the dig with them? Because I do. And as Maureen pointed out, one of the main things that Ray Fines bangs on about the whole way through the show is, uh, the movie, is that he's a man that knows everything there is to know about Suffolk soil, which we both agreed was quite a niche uh, skill. Eerie. There's nothing I don't know about Suffolk soil. We were like, wow. What if you're in Norfolk? You're fucked, mate. I mean, what... <laughs> I know this soil's from Ipswich and this soil is from somewhere elsewhere. Also, the other thing that both of us found a little irksome was that Carrie Mulligan's character, the widow, and Ray Fiennes, this old giffer with a with a very strong accent, brown teeth, and rugged hands. At some point there was a bit of sexual tension there, wasn't there, Boring? But only from her side, really. We couldn't get our head round it. We were like, it's a bit like someone saying, Do you mind if I bring my granddad along this weekend? And you go yeah, I don't mind, and then you their granddad turns up, and you find yourself going, Well, hello, sailor, <laughs> check out those muddy paws and those big ears <laughs> for
3: God's sake. And then this guy had this wife who kept who turned up every now and then and
2: but would never stay the night. They what? had a very asexual relationship with his wife, they sort of do a lot of formal hand holding. It's like Alan Partridge and Lynn, it was literally like Alan Partridge and Lynn. <laughs> I, 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 in fact, That is exactly how you would describe the relationship.
0: That's excellent, excellent reference. I love Alan Partridge. Have you been watching the new series? Oh, my God, of course I have. You
2: watched it last night? I love it so much. Love it. So uh, don't watch The Dig.
0: Do watch Alan Partridge.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Alison, what about you? What about horror
0: movies? Uh, Well, the horror movie I would like to choose this week as we were talking about motivation and work. Uh, This is back in a workplace, but uh, this is a British British film I really enjoy. It is the film called Severance, starring Danny Dyer, Toby Stevens, and Andy Nyman. I think that's how you say it. The film is about a team-building weekend in the wilds of Eastern Europe. It descends into a deadly nightmare as the Palisade defense team are pitched into a fight for survival against a forgotten army of bloodthirsty maniacs. Basically what happens is they go on, you know, one of these work team building things and uh, they're chased and they all think it's part of the team building. So they don't realize they think this is all part of it. And it is very funny and I think it's just a good reminder as to why we should also enjoy not being in the office because you don't have to go on one of these stupid office workplace bonding weekends everyone (laughs) so I thought I'd put it out there (laughs) enjoy your homes while it lasts everyone but if you want to have a little a little thrill and a little giggle severance I just it's a very funny horror film in my opinion where can you watch it Alison It is available on Amazon Prime. I think it was also on BBC One. It gets shown on TV now and again, but if you wanna watch it right away,
2: Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime seems to be the home of horror movies. Brilliant. Well, we'll check it out. Thank you very much, Alison. That sounds like another classic horror film. My pleasure. Okay, let's head over to uh, Younger Towers. Well, it's not actually, it's actually Brister Towers. She's upstairs, I'm downstairs. She's in another tower of the Brister. (laughs) Moin, what's cornered your culture? Now it's going to be Maureen's cultural corner. Uh-huh. I haven't started it, Maureen. Hello. I'm, I'm going to start that again.
3: <laughs> well, we're now going to talk about The Good Soldier Svek by Jaroslav Hasek, which is the most translated novel in Czech literature. It's a cross between Dad's Army and Father Ted and just as funny... And it's an anti-war novel that hasn't lost its bite. And it's not only thought-provoking, but honestly, when you read it, you will laugh out loud. So uh, if you're thinking, why do I want to read a Czech novel written in the 1920s? set in Central Europe about uh, around the World War I. I have to say it's one of the most hysterical novels I've ever read. It, you will find some of the best comedy writing in it. It's, it's a bit like Dickens, I think, and the great turn of phrase he has when it comes to setting up comical scenes or comical characters. So the main guy is Schweck, who's a soldier, and he's an officially certified idiot, as he never tires of telling people. The fact he's an idiot means he can survive this kind of absurd world of like the Austrian-Hungarian Empire during this First World War. And so what you you gotta remember about the Austrian-Hungarian Empire was made up of different nationalities who basically the only thing they had in common was they hated each other. <laughs> and so you've got an army made up of different regiments from different country, well, different nationalities who they can't understand each other, they can't understand their officers, because their officers are always Austrian and speaking German. And so at one point Schvet gets captured by his own side who thinks he's Russian. Because they don't speak Czech, he doesn't speak their language, and the Russian soldiers—they're all from different nationalities. None of them speak Russian, so they don't know he's not Russian either. So it's a, you know you get these really absurd situations. My favourite one is at one point the Czechs and the Hungarians—at least in the novel—don't really like each other. The, this Czech regiment is stuck in Hungary, so and the Hungarians aren't very happy with it. And first lieutenant Lucas is having an affair with a married Hungarian woman, so it's like we've got to keep this quiet, otherwise people are going to go ballistic. Unfortunately, he gives a love letter to Schweck and he says, whatever you do, no one has got to find out about this love letter. Unfortunately, the husband finds out. Schweck ends up in jail. The matter becomes a national course celebre and Hungarian newspapers start asking questions and want Hungarian parliament to ask questions in parliament. So it becomes a massive. <laughs> and you just see this, this situation developing. It's very, very funny. He's got great characters. Um, the Austrian officers always come off worse. You've got Colonel Kraus who has a penchant for stating the obvious. He'll say things like, do you know that a window is made of glass? And he'll say it like he's he's just discovered relativity. And unfortunately, he gets killed uh, proving that you can't see the back of the house from the front. He's staying on the road trying to prove that and he gets run over. So there's loads of things like that. And it's it's just a very funny very funny book but also it's it's a satire and the targets that has it um aims at are still v- valid today so he about the military organized religion jingoism bureaucracy machinations of state power and often he throws away kind of things about death where a soldier mentions he gets loads of cigarettes if he, if he hangs rebel soldiers and it but it just makes it a bit more biting and i think what's what's great is like the Shvet character is kind of like an everyman figure and it's you know who's we all feel that when the world is out of kilter, but somehow he always manages to win out uh, just by pure luck, and being such an idiot. So it's kind of comforting, but it's a masterclass in in how to write comedy. It really is. I would recommend anyone who likes comedy writing. I'd recommend reading it. And like all great comedy,
2: it's it's at its heart, it's just truthful and very human. So I totally recommend that novel. Blimey, that sounds great. I mean, I have never heard of that particular writer or that book. And and is the translation good then? Because sometimes it's the translations can be. Well, I read it in German,
3: obviously, because I bought it actually in Hungary. Ironically, so I haven't read it in English. Right. Okay.
2: But it's still translated, isn't it, from Czech to German? So there's still a translation. Oh yeah. I mean, I would actually Google to see what the best translation is because it's all in the translation. Well, I mean, more in if it's translated into German, I still can't read it. I'll still need it translated.
3: <laughs> no, but it's, no, but it's translated into English, isn't it? You just look for, look for. I'm not saying you should read the German translation. Read the English translation. Oh,
2: so what do you mean? There's more than one English translation. Yeah, because it's, it's in Czech, so it's been translated into to loads and loads of languages. But you just said, have a look at what the best translation is. I, I don't have that choice. It's English or I, that's it. Okay, great. Maureen, thank you very much. I will endeavour to track that book down because that actually does sound like something I would enjoy reading.
0: So with that being said, Jen will read that book to get a laugh because she'll probably need a laugh after she tells us about what the hell has gotten her goat this week. Jen, what got your goat?
2: Who'd want to be a Kardashian? That just seems grim.
0: Can we stand by
2: that, everyone? <laughs> oh, okay. I Listen, the thing that's getting my goat is people that I know, educated, privileged, middle-class human beings that I know very well, on the internet, spouting lies about the vaccine. That is getting my goat. That is now got to the point where I was like, okay, I understand that people are wary about taking a vaccine when we don't know anything about it and they they're scared that there might be some sort of poison in it, blah, 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 whatever, that that, that it hasn't been properly regulated, that it hasn't been properly tested. I understand people's fears about taking a vaccine. And I certainly don't wanna be having to go at any of those people who are just wary. I understand that, particularly when you have children or you have elderly parents. I get it. I totally get it. But it's these people, it's a small percentage of people on the internet sharing links, sharing articles that are it's just bullshit and scaring those people who are already wary about taking the vaccine by just it's just bullshit, it's lies. You know, and these aren't people who, oh, they've never been to university or haven't traveled the world, who haven't been places and know things and are educated and, and often extremely privileged, you know, not just middle class, but upper middle class, just talking utter bullshit about the vaccine. These people are getting on my fucking tits now. There's part of me that wants to get into an argument with them and go, could you just stop putting this shit on Twitter because it's bullshit? But there's the other bit of me that goes, I think that well, they actually really believe it. So I don't know. It's a bit. It's a bit like that whole thing we did about the QAnon, where somebody had a QAnon member in their family, Alison. Do you remember? And you did that for your Ask Alison. It's it's kind of like that. So there's part of me that wants to be able to just. I want to go and just say to them, shut the fuck up. And a couple of times they have sent me direct messages on Twitter, going, Jen, I can see that you're still um, following the herd, that you're still following the the what the government is saying and and the bogus science, and. I never reply because I think if I do reply, there will be words that I can never unsay. So I just go, don't reply, Brister, Be the grown-up and just ignore it. But now as we're getting close to the point where we want to protect as many people as we can and we want to be able to open up society, these people are getting my fucking goat. And if you are one of those bellens who are still like spreading this shit on the internet, firstly, don't contact me because I don't want to hear from you. Okay, a couple of you have. Going, Jen, I hear that you still believe that the vaccine... I don't fucking want to hear from you. And secondly, if this means that you're going to stop listening to this podcast, good. Bye-bye. So that's what's got my goat. Yeah, I like it. I genuinely am actually even angrier than I'm saying (laughs) because I think we're at a point now where this is about saving people's lives. But ultimately... You can't engage with these people because it's a wormhole that you'll never get out of. And it's a few hours of your life that you'll never get back because they'll never agree with you. Because they will always find an article to back up what they believe. And if you find an article, particularly if it's from the BBC or from any, or from the sort of Lance or whatever, from actual science magazine, they're like, oh, bogus science, fake news. You know, you can't. Yeah,
0: don't do an article war. It doesn't work.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Oh, I'm sorry. Did Jeff? From the Isle of Wight, say something different. Oh, I didn't. Oh, I'll just listen to what Jeff said. Anyway, that's what's got my goat. But you know what? I still feel very optimistic and positive that a uh, majority of people will protect themselves and that we will eventually get out of this permanent lockdown. Even though the coronavirus will never go away, and perhaps a few of those people who won't take the vaccine will get the virus. I don't want them to die. I don't want them to die. But maybe they'll just get very, very ill and they'll go. Oh, do you know what? Maybe I'll get vaccinated next time. It's a real thing. And it, and it and it isn't a, a conspiracy from Bill Gates to control 5g I mean let's face it vaccine worked well for smallpox didn't it smallpox polio measles mumps TB Ebola but the the list is endless but you you don't take the vaccine you fucking bell end
0: and with that we'd like to say thank you all for listening to WtB <laughs>
2: <laughs> Alison, I can only have these rants because I know you can pick it up at the end <laughs> and create the positivity we need to end the show (laughs) by the way before we go i'd just like to say thank you very much for listening do if you can like and subscribe all of the likes and subscribes will direct other people to listen to the podcast and that would be wonderful for us and also for you i don't know how but might be you could say we oh i listened to it ages before you did uh so uh i'm actually more of a fan i don't know what goes through your head i don't want to project anyway have a nice life (laughs) bye-bye Women talking bollocks. Thanks so much for listening. Please do continue to like and subscribe on our Acast page, wherever you get your podcasts.
0: If you enjoyed today's episode,
2: leave a wonderful message saying how much you enjoy our dulcet tones, particularly mine. And we're also on Patreon now, so we're going to be sharing extra content, and we'd love you to join us there.
3: Join
0: us. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha